welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, where we bring you real-life working mom stories, tips, tricks, and advice for thriving and surviving in motherhood, because you shouldn't have to experience working motherhood alone. Join our community of support as we discuss all of the things and how we get by in this sometimes crazy and imperfect journey of working motherhood. Welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Today, I am talking to Dr. Marlies Hubner. Marlies is a Cambridge-educated life scientist, an emotional resilience coach, a corporate senior leader, and the founder of Craft One Life Coaching. She spends her career improving people's lives using her innovation mastery and life coaching skills in order to up-level women with families in their careers. And if you need a daily dose of motivation to keep you going as a working mama, Marlies is the person to follow. She has a Facebook group called Boss Mom Rapid Anger Relief and also shows up frequently on her LinkedIn page talking about real-life challenges and struggles when it comes to showing up in your life and career. Today on the podcast, we're talking about a topic that is sensitive for moms, but happens to more of us than we think. Anger. We've all been there. It's been a long day, and something triggers us to have a moment or an outburst of anger towards our kids or spouse. What if there was a better way of dealing with the anger response? by addressing it before it even bubbles to the surface. Today, we're going to be talking to Marlise about her method for rapid anger response, as well as why it's so important for moms to address the underlying issues at hand and not to mask them with self-care practices that we're often told to do. So let us start the show with Marlise and find out how we can better handle anger responses as moms. Hi, Marlies. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Can you start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your career, your family, and your business? Hey, Kelly, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here with you today. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my story with you. So yes, my name is Marlis Hübner, as you might be hearing from my accent. I'm from Germany (laughs) and I do live in Germany in uh, Frankfurt at the moment with, uh, you know, my two kids who are 11 and 7 and my husband. And yeah, both my husband and I, we are, I want to say like highly educated, you know, people. We're both scientists. We both have a PhD from the University of Cambridge. So, and the reason I'm just bringing this up is because to just give you a picture of, you know, I guess the person I used to be like very driven, very ambitious, you know, to reach for the stars almost. And then when I was in my final PhD year, my son was born. We actually moved from Cambridge back to Germany. And then we both started in the taking on jobs in the corporate world. And 10 years later today, I hold a director position in research and development. And I also run my own uh, coaching business as a emotional empowerment coach, basically, or emotional resilience coach, so to speak. And really, really, my passion is in coaching. 
coaching. I do that both in the corporate world as well as privately outside, basically. Yeah, that's great. And can you describe to the audience just a little bit about emotional resilient coaching? Because I know there's tons of different coaches out there that all have their different specialties, but can you just talk a little bit about that and describe, you know, exactly what you do with that type of coaching? Sure, absolutely. So let me maybe give a little bit of background because when I was in the face of like really struggling with call it work-life balance or really struggling with being successful in my career, but also taking care of my kids, I kind of started on this personal development journey and I focused a lot on mindset work. I think mindset work is very, very, very powerful, but what really brought the biggest change or the big change for me or like close to the picture was actually looking into our emotional coding. And, you know, being a scientist and being a bit of a, of a science geek as well, I really dig into the science of it. And I got so fascinated by, you know, literally the human design and the way we basically tick as humans. Because if you think about it, the two biggest tools that have been given to us are our thoughts and our emotions. But as humans, we know so little. We almost know nothing about it. We think our thoughts define us. We think our emotions define us. Um, and we don't know how to deal with them. And I deliberately not using the word control because I think that's what is wrong. Most of us have been taught to control our emotions, mm -hmm. meaning we should be suppressing all the kind of, you know, apprentices, bad emotions like anger, frustration, sadness, like all the things that feel painful to us and we don't want to feel. We've never really been taught how to deal with these emotions. And so for me, at the end of the day, emotional resilience is really comes down to can you read your emotions? Do you understand how they drive you? Do you understand how they impact your behavior, how they actually create your reality every day? We know nothing about how our emotions, our thoughts create our reality every day. We always think, you know, our happiness and our well-being depends on, I don't know, how big my house is and how much money I make and the title that I have and all that. But it doesn't, right? It never does. And, and once we kind of understand that concept and we also understand, like, if we really want to be free from all the struggle, we need to start looking into our emotions and literally embrace ourselves and learn to love ourselves for all the emotions that we have. But we don't, right? We very often judge ourselves. Let's say you as a mom just lost it over your kids because your child spilled the glass of water and you just already came home being stressed and, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have a lot of time and you're rushing and you need to make dinner and there's bedtime and everything is running late already. And then the child spills water, right? And then right. we're like, gosh, you know, nothing ever works out. <laughs> yeah. kind of lose it. We totally lose it. And then we yell because we lost control in that moment. And then of course the guilt cycle kicks in. And so it's like understanding where those triggers are actually really coming from and learning what that moment is trying to teach us and really look deep like inside of you and get that stuff out is like what I actually call pure freedom right and also learning to again we're humans and we are here because we actually have all these emotions but we don't like feeling all the emotions we don't want to feel 
if that makes sense. And so for me, emotional resilience is really about how well can you accept all the emotions that you have and use them to create the life that you actually really want to have. I love that that you're mentioning, you know, addressing those emotions and how it's really hard for us. And it's actually really interesting because I follow Brene Brown and I'm reading her book, Dare to Lead. And so in talking about addressing these emotions, I think a part of that is being vulnerable too, which she talks about a lot. And I think a lot of times we think that there's something wrong with us if we are vulnerable. But I think in the long run, that's just going to help us. Yes, absolutely. And what we don't realize is actually that the more we ignore that we have places where we're vulnerable, the more we prevent ourselves from really getting what we want. So for example, the way I like to think about emotions is everything on our world is energy, right? And emotions are nothing else than energy in motion. And so they all actually vibrate at different frequencies, which everybody can look up on Google. If you put in emotion and frequency, you do see that our emotions have different vibration levels. And so emotions like guilt and shame and sadness, they all vibrate at a very, very low level. Which means that, you know, if we feel all those emotions, but we're like, but I want to be happy and I want to feel joy and I want to feel, you know, easygoing and cheerful. We can't because all those emotions are at a very high vibrating state and there's a long way to go there. Mm -hmm. And so what we don't understand is that actually, especially what I've seen with women, we almost use guilt as a way to find a solution for a problem. But what it actually does is it really prevents us from being that, you know, kind of relaxed, easygoing, calm, patient mom. Mm -hmm. Because we're like over, over in that guilt cycle and can't get up to those high vibrating emotions. Yeah, that is so true. When you get stuck in that guilt cycle, it is very hard to get out sometimes. <laughs> yep. And it's, you know, and it's not your fault that it's nobody's fault because quite honestly, that's how we've been programmed basically, right? It's literally like coded in our DNA. And so when you have, you know, this all goes back to our childhood. So when something occurs and something happens that reminds you of that event back in your childhood, it literally like triggers that coding in your body. And that's why you react the same way. And all that stuff is happening in our subconscious. So we can't, like, as much as we want to control it, mm -hmm. it's almost impossible because our subconscious mind is always faster than our conscious mind. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely agree with that. So what can we do, I guess, to address the underlying triggers? Sometimes, sometimes we're not even aware of them, like you said, but what kind of work can we start to do to start addressing those triggers and changing, maybe changing our anger response in the future? So what we could definitely do is there are for sure triggers that everybody of us is really aware of, right? Like, let's say the same fight you have with your husband, the same mm -hmm. arguments you have, right? The same situations like my kids are not listening right? That's a very common one. Like yeah. no child really <laughs> listens, right? They never listen. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so the first thing we want to do is use these gifts as a gift, uh, use the triggers as a gift. So instead of feeling like that these triggers are here to like punish us and make our world terrible, they're actually here 
teach us a really valuable lesson to learn about ourselves. And so it's almost once we like really understand that it's pure, it's so amazing because you literally walk around like a detective, you know, and start finding these triggers because you go like, oh, wow, mm, hang on. What else can I learn about me today? And so let me give you maybe an example of one of my clients. She came, she came home and her husband was sitting on the couch. And she had been doing this work with me for, for a little bit. So she kind of knew what to pay attention to. And so her husband was on the couch and her very first thought was like, how can he be sitting on this couch in his work clothes and the pillow is all squished and his clothes are dirty and his feet are up on the table like that is just wrong. And oh my God, that coffee mug is still sitting on the windowsill from this morning and nobody has put it away. And so like she saw her husband on the couch and she realized she was triggered. Like something was going like it was like, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Right. And so what you want to do is you first, when you have one of the situation happening to you, you first want to see, okay, what's really happening and what's going on? What am I thinking? And so she, that's what like all the things that she was thinking. And then when she took a distance, she actually realized, oh my God, you know, this is the trigger was being triggered. Like the situation was being initiating a trigger in her because when she was a child, when she was a teen in her teenage age, you know, when she sat, she was at home watching TV and her father came home, he would basically come and say, like, why are you sitting on the couch? Like, don't you have work to do? You know, don't you have homework to do? The kitchen is a mess. Go and do your stuff. Like, don't be lazy. And so in her head, like literally, so this is what happens, you know, when you experience something like this as a child, literally what your subconscious memorizes is, I am useless. I am not doing what I'm supposed to do. And so her seeing her husband in that moment literally makes her think, this guy's useless. Why? Like, how can he be sitting on the couch? Don't you see there's all this work to do? And so then we start picking fights, right? And we start picking arguments, whereas the guy is literally just sitting on the couch and it's like, what do you mean? I'm just having a five minute break after coming home from work, <laughs> yeah. right? And they don't understand it. And so all these things, the way we react, the same thing with our kids, for example, when our kids don't listen or our, how often do we say our husbands, you never listen to me? Because it triggers all the pain points in us where we were not listened to all the times. Where we were not seen, where nobody, we were trying to speak up, nobody heard us. It didn't matter what you had to say. And that's the reason we react that way. That's the reason it triggers anger in us. It's the reason it triggers frustration in us. And as long as that emotional coding and that memory is inside of your body, it's really hard to break that anger cycle, for example. So what you want to do is really start paying attention. What are the tiniest little things that trigger you? And what are you really, really thinking? And what are you really feeling? Yeah, that makes so much sense. Even in as you're talking about it, I'm thinking of things that have triggered me. And now I'm thinking of like, where have these come from? And I'm definitely going to pay attention to it more now after this conversation. <laughs> All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's very interesting. I think most of us don't realize that, you know, some of those triggers do come from earlier stages in our lives and just being consciously aware of it, I think, can really help people start to address it. So, yeah, I think that's really great advice. Yeah, even just raising the awareness, you know, gives Mm you already something to work on. And then the other thing with emotions is, you know, because you said before, like, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. This is the thing. It's because very often 
we were not performing according to certain expectations, right? And, you know, everybody has expectations on us, right? Your parents have expectations. Then we start to work and then we have our colleagues, our boss have expectations. We have our own expectations as moms and all that. And so I honestly, now after doing this work, Yes, it is absolutely a pain and a struggle to have like manage a full-time job and raise your kids. But when you are like emotionally aligned with yourself, things actually become super easy mm-hmm. because a lot of the times um, it's like we're like creating our own stress, right? In our own mind and in our own body, quite frankly. And so we try to meet all these, you know, expectations as work, and we try to be the perfect mom at home. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like we're literally living somebody else's life, adding to our stress, but we've never realized that we're doing that because we that's the only way we know. And so that's why it's so important to go and do that work to literally like free yourself and stop living to what other people expect of you and what other people think of you. And so that's the way when you're like emotionally aligned and you have Mm -hmm. this emotional freedom, then you can decide what is right for you and your family and just do that. And it doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah, I love that so much that you brought that up. So I, yeah, definitely, I think we are split between two sides as working moms and we kind of feel like we have to address, you know, one side or the other more, but definitely your method of kind of aligning and letting go of what others think or what others expect of you and kind of finding your own way. I think that might be the best way to approach kind of having a career and family. Yeah. And you know, the letting go, glad you mentioned that because The thing with letting go is what we often do is we tell ourselves, well, let go of it. And we kind of push it aside. But really, really, we haven't actually let go of it. Mm -hmm. Because the only way to really let go of something that stresses us out or that bothers us is to actually go into that feeling and really live through that feeling. Get it out of your body. Right. And not push it aside. Because that's what we are like geniuses in suppressing Mm -hmm. our emotions and pushing them to the side and ignoring them. But they're always in your body because that's when I say like emotions are like, think of it as a cycle. And so what happens is when your emotion starts to kick in, let's say you're at work and your boss says something that kind of triggers you and you can feel irritation or anger coming up. But of course you're at work, so you have to behave professionally and you can't let it out. So what happens is we tell ourselves, well, I have to pull myself together. I cannot be angry. Mm -hmm. And so that energy cycle of the emotion cannot complete. And so what happens is you literally store that anger energy in your body. Unless you go back to it, really live through that moment again, allow yourself to get angry in a very safe space where you're by yourself and let that emotion out. If we don't do that, we keep suppressing it. We keep like literally squishing it in our body. And that's why so many people have all these stuck energy because at the end of the day, they're all coming from unprocessed emotions. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to kind of suppressing emotions at one point or another in their lives. And Typically, like for myself, I can say it it usually never ends well. For as long as you suppress it, then it it is going to come up in some way eventually. And then it might be harder to handle by that point. (laughs) 
Exactly. And so that's what it was for me, for example, when I found myself having all these anger outbursts. And of course, you know, my normal reaction was, I need to quit my job. Like, this is too much. It's everybody's right. You cannot, you know, have a full time, you cannot have a career and run a kid, you know, and, and raise kids at the same time. And I was so angry and frustrated, right? But at the end of the day, what it really was, was a lot of all these suppressed emotions and a lot about all these expectations that I was really trying so hard to live up against because I thought if I don't meet them, like I don't even remember what I thought, but it's the fear of failure at the end of the day, right? If I don't meet all these expectations, then first of all, what are people going to think of me? I'm the biggest loser on the planet. Like all that stuff is running in the back of our head and all that stuff is literally running our show. Right. Yeah, that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. And I know, so switching gears a little bit. So I know that oftentimes we're told as moms to embrace self-care practices. And some of these may, you know, may look like yoga or meditation or exercise in order to deal, I guess, with stress or to deal with our emotions. But I know that you talk a lot about these kind of are maybe just a mask and your method actually addresses the underlying issues. So can you talk a little bit about how sometimes like surface self-care could be like a mask? Yeah. So what I've, again, kind of using my own example from my experience, I've been doing yoga for, you know, over a decade. I've only started doing meditation very, very late. And I used to think, you know, self-care is going for a coffee with my friends and hanging out with friends and, and stuff, which is a form of self-care, really. But at the end of the day, it was all kind of a distraction and mm -hmm. trying to, you know, distract myself from not wanting to look what I'm actually really feeling. And so, and again, it's, this is what we do even with our kids, right? So if you think about it, your child comes and your child is crying and we, the first thing we do is like, oh honey, what's wrong with you? Right. Whereas actually there's nothing wrong with them. The child just has a very big emotion and we should just really be sitting there holding the space for them and allowing them to get that emotion out. But instead, what do we do? We say like, hey, do you want a piece of chocolate to cheer you up? Or hey, do you want to go and watch your favorite show? And so what we do is actually and you know, by the way, this is how addictions are born. <laughs> this is where a lot of addictions are coming from, that we are not allowing ourselves to really, truly feel all the feelings. Instead, the ones that feel so painful, mm -hmm. we find something to distract ourselves. So that's why what I found was the form of self-care that, and even with yoga, I would say that, I mean, I love yoga. Even I do yoga today as well, but it doesn't really help you to get to the core of being truly aligned within yourself. Mm -hmm. It gives you for the short time, it definitely gives you the, the benefit of, you know, easing the stress. It definitely gives you the benefit of relaxing or even when you go out with your friends. I mean, it's great. You have a great time for a couple of hours, but you go back and two days later, you're back in the same state right? It's the same thing when you go on vacation, it feels super great. And then you make all these plans and oh, everything is great and fun. And you're like back to work for two days and boom, yeah. you're back in the old state. And so again, like it's like, don't get me wrong. I mean, they're all great, but they're temporary fixes mm -hmm. and they don't really solve the core of not feeling in alignment with yourself. And the key to really being 
balance and managing. I mean, there's people out there that run like 65 companies, right? And you wonder how are they are these people <laughs> doing that, right? And I think it is because they are just so grounded in themselves. Mm-hmm. They're like truly aligned with themselves. They know what they want. They're like, it's like they're this rock, right? And that if we spend more time in self-care with that would be amazing. Yeah, I've never really thought about it like that before. It makes complete sense to start with, you know, deep down in yourself. And obviously those daily practices do help mindset. And, you know, for me personally, like more positivity, like when I get my workout in, I feel happier, things like that. But really getting to the root of it, I think, is something that a lot of people don't talk about. Yeah, and quite frankly, we don't want to look. Right. A lot of us are scared to look because we don't know what to find, what we're going to find and we don't know what to expect. But, you know, doing exercise, Mm -hmm. combining, combining exercise with this work is really, really powerful, actually. Yeah, I imagine so. It's definitely something that I'm going to be thinking more about after this conversation. So you have a program actually called the Rapid Anger Relief Method. So can you talk to a little about your program and what it can offer people if they signed up for it? Yeah. So what I realized through, uh, you know, my coaching work with, you know, all the moms was, as I said before, that at the bottom of it, what I realized is that a lot of us women are angry and, you know, we're, we're angry, not just at our kids or our husband. It's like, there's like this deep rooted anger. We're like almost angry with the world. And, you know, with like COVID coming in, we're, mm-hmm. I don't know how it's been in the U.S. or Germany, I can definitely tell you that it was almost like this. Well, it's of course that women stay at home, you know, like spoke about it. And it's like all the burden of especially when both people like you're in a dual career couple and men and women are like the dad and the mother are both working. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, of course, the mother, you know, she keeps taking care of the children and she keeps doing the household. And it's like and I think a lot of that fed to the anger even more. Mm -hmm. Right. And so. It's kind of a mix of my own work. And then with COVID, I think COVID just speeds the need up for this program. And so what I actually do is I do share my full method in a three-day course. And the reason I'm sharing it for free is because I know there's a lot of moms who need this, who it really helps, but who are not able to actually you know, pay for a a proper coaching program. Mm -hmm. And so that way they get the full method and it happens in a Facebook group. We, I go live for like one hour, uh, one day they get workbooks, they get the trainings, they get everything and they get the full method and they can literally go and take that method after three days and implement it for themselves. And then of course, there's also the opportunity for those that kind of want to take it to the next level and want to go deeper and want to have somebody on the side who can help them. Then I invite them to join um, a five-week program. But really, really, you could actually take the method and just go and do it yourself. And so that was really my goal because I just really relate to the pain that moms are going through and to this feeling like of not being understood. And we're like so often feeling left alone. Like it's just this burden feels so heavy on us. It feels like unbearable, right? Mm -hmm. And so going through those three days... It really empowers this woman in a completely like way that I couldn't even imagine before. That so sounds- basically what we do is, yeah, we go through, I teach them how to find, identify these triggers, how to look at triggers. 
I give them a method of how to clear the triggers and how to eliminate the underlying emotion and then how to bring in what they really want to create and what they really want to feel. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I really hope some of the listeners take advantage of that. I think, you know, like you said, during COVID and the pandemic, everything has come to the surface even more so. And with, you know, staying at home, having to manage our careers from home, but still managing the house and still managing the kids and teaching the kids in school if they're of school age and doing all of the things. I think it has been a very overwhelming year for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely hope that some people take advantage of that and definitely learn more about your program. And I think that could, you know, really help a lot of people. And so what if someone wanted to further find out about your career coaching services, your coaching services, how can they get in contact with you for that? I mean, you can... The best way is probably to look me up on Facebook and, uh, you know, send me a friend request. You can always reach out on Facebook Messenger with me. I don't know if you're going to share the link or you can share my email. That's another way. So I'm very, you know, open and spontaneous <laughs> and like the, the private communication. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I will I'll share in the show notes. And I also have a blog post that I'll include with this episode. And I'll put all of your information in there. So everyone can get um, all of your links to sign up and where to follow you on social media and get in contact with you and all of that good stuff. Awesome. Yes, you definitely join us. It's going to be amazing. You'll love it. I have been meaning to join one of your programs for a while now. So I think you've convinced me. I think I'm going to get in on this and be a part of it and also share it with, you know, my extended working mom community that that I talk to on Instagram and just kind of building a community of moms out there. So definitely going to be spreading the word about this because I think it's very much needed. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, my, I mean, it's also about supporting each other, right? I do That's one of the other things that, you know, sometimes frustrates me is what I see happening, especially in, um, you know, in in like big corporates is that unfortunately, the women that are very much at the top don't always support, you know, other women, which really breaks my heart because I it's almost like, you know, this thing of, well, I've suffered and I've really Mm -hmm. worked hard to get up here. And so you have to do the same. And I totally do not believe in that. Right. And I don't think we have to struggle. I don't think we have to suffer. I think there is a complete different way. And I want to say, you know, I myself and my, my clients are definitely approve of that, that actually life can be easy and it and it, it's supposed to be easy, right? And we're supposed here to lift each other up and inspire each other. There is enough for everybody. There literally is, right? But we are so scared of this you know, if like, if I get something, you know, you don't get in, right? But that's not how it is. Like, for me, it's really if you rise, then I rise and we rise together. And it's amazing because, yeah. Yeah, I love that so much. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And that's a perfect way to kind of wrap up this conversation. But it's kind of like lifting others up as you rise, right? So we're not just trying to get somewhere ourselves, but we also want to take all of our learnings and our experiences and help other people. So maybe they don't have to go through the same kind of sufferings or the same kind of troubles that we did because we, we already kind of set the, set the way for them or paved the way. So like, why wouldn't we want to help other moms and other women rise up? Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. So wonderful. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Thank you so, so much for having me and allowing me to share the story uh, with you. I feel, you know, very humble and very honored. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in today to Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes of this episode for all the links to what we've talked about today. Also, head on over to theworkingmomcollective.com to sign up for my free five-day challenge for creating a working mom non-negotiable routine. We've all been there stressed out, burnt out, and overwhelmed as working moms handling all of the things. My free challenge will walk you through step-by-step my exact method for creating a working mom routine that takes you from burnout to actually waking up and feeling great about your day. And finally, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review if you have a few minutes. Tell your working mom friends and anyone else that might be interested in this content. I'd love as many moms as possible to gain value from the podcast. If you'd like to nominate someone or yourself to be a guest, please contact me at kelly at theworkingmomcollective.com. I am so happy you chose to listen in today. And I cannot wait to dive into next week's topic with you.